I was at the 2006 Louisville Rutgers game <sighs> uh, as probably 300,000 more fans it, uh, will, will claim. <laughs> it's the arrival. I came in a league, went straight for the title. Touchdown! Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvelous! Gets past Ransom! Donovan Edwards! Touchdown! The Don! There's nothing quite like the game. Michigan versus Ohio State. This is The Rivalry, sponsored by Elevated Integrity Construction. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's JP from the Rivalry Podcast for a special bonus episode, an episode near and dear to my heart. If you pay attention to the show at all, we have our segment Rutgers to the Rose Bowl, and it was time to get some Rutgers insight, especially this week going up against Ohio State. I've got Aaron Brightman. He is a co-founder for the Scarlet Faithful Podcast. Aaron, how are you doing? Very good. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. I want to get kind of uh, right into it. So obviously this week, a big game, you've got Ohio state and six and two Rutgers going in Ohio state, the number one team in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, the question looming around this, what do the Scarlet Knights have to do to be able to pull this upset? Well, you know, it definitely helps that they finally got their by week. They had played eight games in a row, uh, eight weeks in a row. So, uh, got a chance to catch your breath, a uh, little bit more prep time. For Ohio State, but you know Rutgers' kind of script for winning right now has been pretty, pretty much the same week to week, and that's you know uh, uh, not making mistakes, uh, taking advantage of opportunities, uh, mistakes that their opponents make. Um, they're you know not committing a lot of penalties. They're they're not lim- uh, they're limiting their turnovers. So obviously they have to do all that against Ohio State. But I think the key to beat Ohio State, you know they, they're not going to be able to just line up and run the ball against the Buckeyes. So they're going to need to have some explosive plays uh, in the passing game to be able to open things up. So I think that's really the key for them. If they can complete some f- uh, passes downfield, uh, I think they have a chance to compete. Uh, if they are just reliant on the run game, I think it's going to be really tough for them to uh, you know, give a serious, serious uh, scare to, to Ohio State. Yeah, I I 100% agree. I think on the podcast this week, I was talking about how um, it'll be a good test for Kyle Monongai. He's got, I think, 700-something yards. He's having a really, really good year for the Scarlet Knights. I'm interested to see how effective he's going to be able to be against the Buckeye defense. Um, But I also believe in the Rutgers defense a little bit more than I have in the years past. And so I think it'll come down to some turnovers as well. If, if the Rutgers defense can get after them and do what Wisconsin did this past weekend, where they go in and they get Kyle McCord to throw a couple of interceptions and stuff like that, it could be interesting. I don't think that this is a Scarlet Knights team that should be taken lightly. Like I feel like they have been in years past. Uh, they've got some grit to them. Um, I, people on the podcast know uh, we actually talked about it before starting this. I'm, I'm a Rutgers guy myself. I love the Scarlet Knights. Uh, and I can answer this question as sh- I, for days. There are so many games I could pinpoint. But as a Rutgers guy, what has been a win in that program's history that you can look back on and you just have a core memory from? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not too original, but I, I was at the 2006 Louisville <sighs> Rutgers game uh, as probably 300,000 more fans it, uh, will, will claim. <laughs> but there's only 50,000 fans there. But uh yeah, no, that that was obviously you know the the uh, the, the top win, the iconic win of the, yeah. the program yeah. over the years, and uh, yeah, it was second row, uh, upper deck, fifty yard line, and uh, it was uh, it, it was pretty amazing. Uh, the whole experience, but just I also grew up a Rutgers fan as a kid, so I was going to games in the eighties, and you know when they were playing Colgate and Lafayette, and, you know, so I, I I was there for when they uh, joined the Big East. 
and um, you know we're trying to become uh, big time college football. So to see that happen in that season, it was really special for a lot of people. And uh, yeah, it was it was a really amazing uh, victory. Obviously, the high point of Shiano 1.0, mm-hmm. and we're all hoping we can get you know a, a, a kind of a sequel in uh, his second tenure. Yeah, and I, that kind of goes in. I mean, for me, that would be one of the answers for me is that Louisville game. Um, I also think very fondly, mostly because of this podcast, it is an Ohio State-Michigan podcast. I think about that Michigan game with Gary Nova leading the charge, yep. the Kamoko Turi blocked field goal. Like, there are just so many key moments from that game that I can look back on, and I'm like, ah, oh, because I hate Michigan so much. It was seeing a huge win for Rutgers, but also seeing the team that I despise the most just getting absolutely crushed was just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, but you started yeah. to mention the Shiano 1.0. We're in the we're in 2.0 now. We're a couple years in. What are your thoughts? What is kind of the fan base feeling around Greg Shiano's second ten, tenure here? Has he exceeded expectations? Is he kind of past where you guys thought you would be at this moment? I, I think he's he's right where we had all hoped he would be now in year four. Um, you know, he exceeded expectations the first year right away. It was a COVID year and it was kind of a strange year, but um, to win three big. Big Ten games right out of the bat was huge. Uh, second year, I would you know they were five and five in November. That was that was forward progress. Uh, kind of fell apart at the end of that year, and then last year was a step back. So there was a lot of pressure to really get to six wins in a bowl game this year. Anything less was going to be um, certainly concerning in terms of how far he could bring it back this second time. So to be there already with a month to go, uh, it's, it's kind of flipped the script a little bit where maybe people think maybe he's a little, he, or, or he has a chance to finish kind of ahead mm-hmm. of where we hope they'd be at the end of the season. So obviously more games to be played, but, uh, I, I would say most fans would say it's six to win six games and go to a bowl in year four is where we hoped we'd be. So he's kind of uh, crossed that off the list and has a chance to add to it the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, the schedule is about half and half in my mind where you've got Ohio State this week. Then is it it's Iowa after that, then Penn State and then finishing with Maryland, I believe. So to me, I mean, just I've seen Maryland play. I've seen Penn State play this year uh, at the Horseshoe in Columbus. I'm convinced Rutgers has a chance in almost all of those, except maybe the Ohio State one. I don't know if I've convinced myself there, but Iowa and Maryland and Penn State all feel like games that the Scarlet Knights could come in and handle business and get a win in, which would be insane. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a chance to skip a step per, per yeah. se, you know. Uh, so, so that 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 opportunity is is really uh, exciting. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, The one thing that I kind of want to give you a chance to go a little bit more in depth on, because here in Ohio, Rutgers seems to be like the butt of a lot of jokes, especially in years past when it comes to football and being in the Big Ten. Uh, It gets very annoying as a Rutgers guy. What is one thing you would say to somebody? What's something about this team that you think people should know if they've not watched a single second of Rutgers football? Uh, well, I, you know, I, I think that it, it's what, what Rutgers fans would appeal part of what Shiano's tenure has appealed to the fan base is that the, the culture and identity that he forms, the, the, it's, it's a tough team. You know, they're, they're, uh, everyone is blocking wide receivers, running backs, you know, on, on defense, everyone's swarming to the ball. Uh, you know, a, a lot of guys that have been through some tough times, uh, to see them go through the adversity they have. It's a mentally tough team. Uh, you know, we have former, like Christian Dremel, the leading receiver, is a former walk-on. Holland Pierce, uh, their best uh, lineman, uh, left tackle, he's a former walk-on. Uh, they have, you know, a, a 
just a lot of good stories, um, you know, on this team. Timmy Ward had cancer and he's battled back. You have a, a captain that's a walk on uh, leading special teams, Drew Lasari. So they have a lot of just like gritty, tough kids that have persevered uh, and have helped form this this culture that this team just hasn't quit. And, um, you know, it's definitely it's, it's great to see it manifest this year on the field where they are not an easy out, you know, physically against Michigan and Wisconsin for the first time. They, they, they held up, you know, they looked like a Big Ten team out there. Obviously, they, they made some mistakes. They didn't execute as much as they needed to. But physically, for the first time, you know, you looked on the field and you said Rutgers looks like they're, you know, they can match mm-hmm. up with any Big Ten team. And that was certainly a huge step forward. Yeah, 100%. And especially in the Wisconsin game, that was one that outside of the costly pick six, I mean, that's one that they realistically could have won. And so that's definitely a step moving forward. I want to talk a little bit more about this year's squad uh, because there are a lot of younger guys, a lot of guys stepping up and making some plays. Who are some guys on this year's team that looking forward to next year, you expect to have a bigger role that maybe people should kind of keep an eye on? Yeah, well, uh, wide receiver, true freshman Ian Strong. He's had some flashes. He had that uh, Sports Center t- uh, number one yeah. play against Northwestern on Labor Day weekend. Uh, you know, he's been a little inconsistent, but he's got a ton of potential. They're really high in him. He's going to be, you know, a featured receiver. I think really starting next year. Uh, so he's a guy for sure. They have another true freshman, Jashan Benjamin, who's had some moments uh, in the backfield as a running back. He's really a change of pace guy. Uh, so he's looked really good. Uh, and, and then defensively, I mean, they have a lot of veteran guys and some guys that can return next year. So that's certainly intriguing uh, as well. Um, but, you know, there's a guy that I've been really high on that if Rutgers fans are probably tired of me talking about. But Kenny Fletcher is a guy on the edge that's uh, just in his second year. He hasn't gotten a ton of run mm-hmm. yet because of the linebacker situation. But now with Tyreen Powell off of the year, Mo Ture is going to slide into that spot in the middle. So I think he's going to get more play now in November. And he's a guy I'm really high on in the future. So it's it. Shiano talks about building the pipeline. Uh, the recruiting class right now is is the strongest they've had since he's been back coming in. So it's a developmental program. And there's a lot of young kids that haven't even really stepped on the field yet to even know where they're going to be. But um, I, I think certainly things are starting to click in terms of how this his program is developing talent. And I think the coaching staff is as strong as it's ever been. Yeah. And, and I think even looking forward, I know they're not underclassmen by any means, but you've got Gavin coming back with a full year under his belt as a starter coming back next year. Kyle Manonga is yep. only a junior, so he's going to hopefully be back. Uh, so you're going to have two guys core to your offense. I want to talk a little bit about Gavin though, because he's a guy that came in. He was, I believe he was the highest maybe recruit, but maybe it was, I don't know if it was recruit, but the quarterback position, he was the highest quarterback recruit in Rutgers football history. And I know that there was a ton of hype around him. Um, What are kind of the, what's the fan base thought? What are your thoughts dissecting him? In his first, I mean, legitimate full year, because he split time a little bit last year with Evan Simon and Vidral. Um, going into this year, the first year, him really taking the reins of the offense. What have you liked? What have you kind of disliked? What do you think are some areas that he can grow in? Yeah, he's taken a, a huge step forward. Uh, last year, not only did he split time, you know, he was out for three games with an ankle injury. So when he came back, 
he was not um, fully healthy, so he didn't. Re- they they really kind of protected him. He didn't run a lot, which is obviously a strength of his, and really changes things in terms of how defenses defend him. Um, he also came back from injury when his offensive coordinator, who recruited him to Rutgers, fired uh, Sean Gleason. So he's gone through a lot. You know, he his first year at Rutgers, he left his high school uh, a week into it to, to come to Rutgers. Uh, so even though it's his third year with the program, it's really it normally would be a second year at college. He's now on his third offensive coordinator if you count the interim that he uh played under last year so Kirk Shiraka has been a stabilizing force for him his just his his um his maturity his poise his ability to to battle adversity you know last year you could see on his face when a mistake happened or he felt the pressure this year he's much more calm cool and collected he looks like he has command of the huddle uh, you know, he's just a lot more confidence and it's, it's, it's shown, you know, he's made some tremendous throws. He's it, accuracy is still a major issue. Um, but I also think that, you know, at times it, it's a hard balance, right? Where they're, they're so run heavy at mm-hmm. times. Uh, I feel like it doesn't help him get into a rhythm. And then when they're trailing by two scores and all of a sudden it's all passing downs. Yeah. So he's still developing. Um, but he, he certainly, if you're a Rutgers fan, I mean, we haven't had a quarterback that's been able to throw like that in a long time. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he's got some growing pains still going on for sure, but his decision-making has been better. He's limited interceptions. Uh, he's gotten better in terms of reading runs. I think that's something he can improve on as well. Um, but I think, yeah, it, it's fair to, to hope and think and expect that year two under Shiraka next year as a starter, he's going he's gonna to grow even more. Yeah, and I actually I think that's going to be interesting going into this week on how Ohio State's going to defend that because I don't think that they've played a quarterback that's as mobile as him. I don't know if his arm necessarily is where it needs to be, but on the ground, I mean, I think him and Manangai can be a real threat. Um, I, I know it's a little bit too early, but I do want to pick your brain on this. I know there's some projections out there already, uh, but they're obviously already bowl eligible, most likely going to be going somewhere to play football in the postseason. What what's your ideal bowl game for this Rutgers team? And what's an opponent you would love to see? This doesn't have to be crazy realistic, but who would you love to see them go up against? Because I've seen a couple of things written out here and there. It seems to be yeah. like the Boston College, yeah. the NC States. I saw one where we played USC at one point and then one where we played Tennessee. And I'm like, I don't know how you get that. But what your thoughts? Yeah. Where do you where would you love to see this team play and against who? Well, the, the realistically, the best bowl I think they can go to is the Music City Bowl uh, in Nashville on December 30th. Uh, Iowa went there last year at seven and five. I don't think Rutgers would get invited at seven and five, but maybe eight and four. They'd have a chance, especially depending on how many teams go to the playoff of the Big Ten, um, and they would play an SEC school. So there was, I think, that Tennessee projection you saw was for that. Which you know, if, if uh, fans are aware, Ohio State fans might actually know this because Shiano went to Ohio State mm-hmm. after the Tennessee job fell through uh, with that fan base kind of ambushed him. So that would be certainly a storyline to watch oh, for yeah. if Rutgers and Tennessee played each other. I don't particularly like that matchup <laughs> for Rutgers. I don't think it, you know it's a very good one for them. Yeah. Um, the Penn Stripe Bowl is the most realistic. It's in New York. They know they'll draw. Um, you know, if they don't win another game, I think they're definitely going there. Uh, and yeah, it's against the ACC. Uh, one intriguing one uh, that I saw was it could be Clemson now, now that they're four and four. If Clemson's you mm-hmm. know six and six, seven and five, so that would be interesting because obviously they do have a ton of talent. Um, but yeah, I, for me, the Music City Bowl would be awesome. It's in Nashville. It's you know right before New Year's. Uh, it's a pretty high profile game in terms of just playing the SEC. Um, you know, I'd like to see them. I think teams they could beat in the SEC, maybe Kentucky. 
which would be another storyline because yeah. that's who Wimsett uh, chose over. Uh, and he's from Kentucky, obviously. So, uh, yeah, there could be some interesting storylines there for sure. I think that's definitely realistically the best game they can go to uh, and uh, would be a lot of fun no matter who they play. And, and the chance to play an SEC team would be a chance to make a statement if they could win that game. 100% a big, I would be all for it. I'm going to be there either way. I've decided that whatever bowl game they go to, I think the uh, last Rutgers game I've been able to attend outside of like a big 10 matchup was I went to the bowl game. It was the quick lane bowl in Detroit when they played North okay. Carolina, when um, I think it was Mitch yep. Trubisky was the backup. And so it was Gary Nova, Leonte Carew, all those yep. guys were still in there uh, and it was phenomenal. They won like 40 to 21. It was great. I had a great time. I'm planning on wherever they end up. I'm going to be there. So the last question nice. for you, Aaron, this is something we always kind of close out our show with who right now. And I know they've given the playoff rankings already. Who are the four best teams in college football in your mind? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio state. And I, I the fourth one, I think, is a little bit up for grabs, but I, I would go Florida State, I think, in terms of just the resume and, and, and the way they've been pretty consistent. I think they have potential for sure to, to, to win in the playoffs. So I think those are the four best teams. Who do you think would be the first two that get left out? Uh, well, I think, you know, Washington is knocking on the door. Um, you know, so I think I think they, they're probably uh, right on the border there. And then... The other team, hmm, that's uh, – I don't know if it's going to be – it's funny because I, I guess it could be Oregon, which would be funny because yeah. that's four Big Ten teams in the top six. Yeah. Uh, next year is going to be wild. Oh, By the man, way, I'm uh, dreading it. The, yeah, the 24 schedule is coming out soon. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd say maybe Oregon or maybe Alabama. I don't know. I feel like Alabama always gets boosted just yes. because it's Alabama. So I could see them being like, you know, placed really close. Uh, if, if they don't lose again, I think they're going to, you know, it's obviously those other teams haven't lost yet, but it's going to be tough to, they're going to be right there. Yeah. And they're going to have a ton of prove it games. I think they have one of the hardest schedules to kind of close out the season and out with Alabama at least. And so I agree 100%. It seems like they could have two losses and somehow, some way they're always ranked fifth. And you're like, what is going on here? It just doesn't make sense. Well, Aaron, I do want to give you a chance. I mentioned it at the very, very beginning. You are the co-founder for the Scarlet Faithful. Do you want to share just a little bit more about what that is, where people can find you? Sure. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, you know, I, I've grow, I grew up watching Rutgers, uh, since the eighties, I, uh, graduated 2000 and, uh, I, I own and operate my own Rutgers athletics website. I've covered Rutgers athletics for about eight years now. And, um, so I have a daily podcast. Uh, the site is the and I'm Apple, YouTube, all that. And then my, uh, Twitter is at Aaron underscore Brightman. And, uh, you know, obviously I focus on basketball and football, but I do try to cover as many Rutgers sports as possible. We're still trying to, you know, prove prove ourselves in the Big Ten. So any positive Rutgers story, I try to get out there. And, uh, you know, I really do think that in year 10 coming up, that there's a lot of room to grow in that next decade. And uh, I'm excited to see what Rutgers can do in the Big Ten. Awesome. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for being a part of this. And thank you guys for watching. It's the Rivalry Podcast. The Rivalry is a production of River Radio Ministries. Want live updates from the show? Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at RivalPod. Visit our Patreon and consider becoming a patron for exclusive bonus content, merch, and more. And be sure to follow us wherever you're listening now for new episodes every Tuesday. And if you like what you're hearing, tell a friend so they can listen too.